Hey guys, welcome back to Classic Sundays. I'm here with Lena today. Chantel couldn't make it, but this week we did watch The Fifth Element. Um, it's our last movie for the 90s. And this movie is um, set in the 23rd century in New York. Um, a cabbie named Corbin Dallas, who is played by Bruce Willis, finds the fate of the world in his hands when Lilo, <laughs> excuse me, uh, falls into his cab as the embodiment of the fifth element, Lilo needs to combine with the other four to keep the approaching great evil from destroying the world. Together, the father Vito Cornelius and zany broadcaster Ruby Rod, Dallas must race against time and the wicked industrialist Zorg to save humanity. So I guess we can just jump right in. Let's um, jump right in. This was my movie. Um, I've actually watched this movie and I actually, me. oh, bless you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually, Sorry. no, it's fine. I, um, I actually watched this movie before I own the DVD, um, and actually do own it. Not like how it was with caveman where I own the box, but I don't own the CD. I, I remember, um, <laughs> I did check it. Uh, so I do have it, but I actually used to watch this a lot, um, with my mom and my family, um, this was, like, one of our, like, go-to um, movies. I think my mom really liked Bruce Willis when I was younger, so I think that's probably the reason why we always watched stuff from him. But this movie was actually, like, pretty funny. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think you finished the movie, but I can, like, let you know wherever you ended, where um, it goes, um, but how... I sort of... I ended up sort of... I So I made it about to where the priest uh, is contacted. Okay. Uh and where they find Lulu. And then I watched, the, I did watch the ending and it was really cute because Alita actually watched the entire like 10 minutes straight <laughs> that I watched with me. So I kind of jumped around here and there a little bit. Um, I did think that the ending was funny where the uh, the mom on Calls. The Corbin's mom and she's like, throw myself on the street. Well, like, in front it, of it was even better. It's like, you're not the pre- the president picks up. I mean, the she's like, you're stupid. not the president. You the president. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, is that a backwards compliment? Like, the yeah. only, it's so funny. But yeah. I mean, I thought personally, I thought the movie was really good. Um, what's it called? Uh, Everyone that I mentioned to that I was watching the movie was like, oh, I love that movie. Definitely top five kind of thing. No. So it's a really, really popular movie. And I can see why. Uh, I can definitely see why. It's got a great story to it. And it's got some great acting as well um, for it. No. So. Like, even, like, remember in the beginning of the movie where that the robber, when he opens up the door and the robber's, like, you know, sticking him up? Like, it's, like, maybe, like, te- not even 10 minutes into a movie. Do you remember? Yeah. That uh-huh. robber, he, had, he was actually, like, a really good actor. Like, the... Yeah. He played, uh, like, a skit, like, a skit, like, a... I don't know how to say it. I don't want to say schizophrenic because he wasn't playing schizophrenic. But, like, that, like, um, like, jittery kind of, like, I'm high yeah. and I'm trying to steal money. Like, he played it so well that, like, every time I see, like, have that scene, I don't know, just... I laugh every time I see it, but I feel it's like this is such... probably one of my favorite, like, sci-fi, like, movies. And I love Gary Oldman. Like, he is, ugh, he just has a special place in my heart. <laughs> no, it was, it's definitely a really, really good movie. And I thought 
the plot was great. I thought the acting was great. I thought the story was great. It's the sci-fi parts of it definitely shows its age. Oh yeah. Like, I think if the movie was redone today, it would definitely be a little bit more, you know, classic, a little more cleaned up. It definitely but, feels like the nineties when you're watching. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It definitely feels very nineties from the bad hair wig to the phone, the bad wig to, you know, the robotic elements to it. But, definitely not as clean cut and you know timeless as today's cgi and special effects would be mm-hmm. but at the same time i think it definitely Works. is a movie that it while it yeah while it encapsulates 90s it also works really really well and to tell this this fantastical story you know of saving the earth in the nick of time basically with the power of love <laughs> yeah yeah and i was you not know, I, like that the ending i was like i thought it was gonna be some special thing and well the blue lady were you did you watch the blue lady the, I, like opera singer did i did not get to the blue lady i feel like you should just watch a youtube video of the blue lady part because like that's probably like one of like the main scenes is her part mm-hmm. and she literally says like she's like vulnerable and all she needs is love you know and that's how he actually <laughs> finds like those stones the the other mm-hmm. four elements they were actually inside the blue lady so she got shot up by like those like oh okay those like weird like ugly aliens um mm-hmm. she got shot by one of them and like he cuts her open and takes them out because like he has to figure out a riddle and he was like in me and she was like oh they're in her so um she basically tells him that love is going to be the last like um super like power thing the element that's gonna like open her power up so that's why um that whole thing was so that's why you you would have i know so i read the, i read i read the plot i wanted to just kind of see the movie all at once what's uh-huh. really funny is i read the plot after i started the movie so when i started this movie i had no idea what was going on and i'm like piecing it together watching it because um as anyone who knows me knows i will read the plot first and then watch the movie yeah and usually i will like watch bits and pieces before i even watch the whole thing and i I tend to skip around i love movies i do it's just how i watch them i tend to retain it a little bit better too Mm -hmm. that way because i pay attention more that's half my problem is i don't pay attention half the time but yeah i did i saw that on the plot and figured oh okay so we're gonna be coming up to that soon because you know, time's a tick in here and you only have so much time to be able to save the world. Yeah. But I thought that was, you know, it's is that kind of predictable? Yes, love will save it. Yes, but also it I feel like that's a very classic trope in saving the world. Um, you know, and Marvel did do it change it up a little bit later where it was bash the evil bad guy skull in with uh what's his name? Uh, the guy with the gauntlet um, and all the ele- this elemental stones. So, you know, later on, plots get changed. But still, it's kind of classic where it's love, the power of caring for someone. And, I mean, that is a point, too, that is made in this movie was people are pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. And... War is horrible. And what exactly 
is the point here? Why save it? You know, she's, she's this perfect creation. What is the point? Why would you save? Why should she save it? And, you know, as it was pointed out by Corbin, yes, there is terrible, but there are some absolutely beautiful things. And I also thought the ending was hilarious that they put her them in the regenerator and that science guy is like, oh, no, they need a few more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and the pa- president's like impatient and he's like doing the hand gestures of, dude, my man, get the picture here. They're not going to be available for a little bit. Yeah. So it's it's hilarious, you know, and I called it. I, I When I first started watching this, I'm like, oh. So they're going to get together. A hundred percent. Because he even 100%. said, he's like, um, like when his um, boss, I like, called him, he's like, don't think about a two-timing woman. Um, he's like, well, I don't need, um, and he's like, there are so many other women in the world. He's like, I don't need a, 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 a any other woman. I need a, the perfect one. And then like later on, <laughs> like, I think when he met the, the priest, He's like, she's the perfect specimen, like the perfect. And he's like, oh, perfect. Like, it kind of like hit him like, oh, this and this is what I wanted. Like, so I felt like that was like, yeah, like a, a running um, thing for this movie as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, what I looking it up, apparently um, the director was also the person who wrote the film. Hmm. Um, he wrote it at... What does it say? According to Google sources, he was 16 years old when he wrote the film and he was 38 when the film opened at cinemas. And he's apparently has said that it's not a very big theme movie. Um, but, you know, there is that point where what's the point of life if, you know, humans just waste it. Um, the whole science fiction thing. Cause, and apparently uh this movie has been criticized for the way it portrays women as well. Um, since apparently most of the characters were either overly sexualized or were pretty passive or just ne- pretty negative connotations. Um, although, and um, uh, some authors have said, you know, that this film echoes stereotypical beliefs and gender, but they also mentioned that Lilu leaves her passive role you know, at points during the film as well. Wow. So I guess that's a criticism of this movie that's been, but I didn't really, I'll be honest, I was kind of just enjoying it. So I think it's more of people, you know, there's a criticism for everything. Yeah. And I could, I could see it, but at the same time, as the director and the writer of the film put, it's not a big theme movie. There's not a whole lot to nitpick at here either. Um, I don't know if you feel differently. Um, this movie is for fun, so I don't really think too much into it um, when I watch this movie, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. So it's kind of like I am here and I am, you know, watching it to have fun type of thing so yeah i i'm not like thinking like uh in depth about it i feel like you probably could but i feel like yeah i definitely feel like you could think more in depth 
but it's not a movie necessarily to do so either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fun little thing was it premiered in 1997 at the Keynes Film Festival and it was selected as the opening film. And guests were given a fifth element swatch, which was then used as their ticket for entry. And the event included a futuristic ballet, a fashion show by Jean-Paul Gaultier, and fireworks. Oh. Because the beautiful costume that, um, what's his name? The cross-dresser wore. Oh, what's his name? Um, hold on. I had it pulled up. Give me one second. Sorry. Yeah, Chris okay. Tucker, Ruby Rod. Yeah, I love Chris Tucker in this movie. I wish he was in more I, movies because he I, is hilarious. So good. That dress that he wore was apparently designed and created by Jean-Paul Gaultier. Oh. So um, there's that little fun fact. And this movie debuted Number one in the U.S., earning $17 million on its opening weekend, and it became a box office success, grossing over $263 million, which is three times its $90 million budget. So it was great movie, um, and people absolutely loved it. I, I mean, obviously, I mentioned three random people, and all three random people are like, oh, I love that movie. It's fantastic. Um, you know, so there really is, is that. I mean, it's it's futuristic. It's a little bit campy. It's got some humor to it. It's got a bit of a romance to it. It's got all of the elements of a really good story, you know. So, um, another fun fact was that some of Mila Janovich is that how you, you, you I think so. I, I don't know how you pronounce her last name, so I apologize. Um, some of her high kicks were performed by a leg on a stick because oh. um, she couldn't, even though she trained for her uh, fight scenes, she was still mostly a novice and she couldn't partic- kick particularly high. So as she explained it, they worked around this by using a fake leg on a stick held just below the frame. She would move her body as if to kick and the leg operators would swing the leg up into the frame. Um, what's uh, There was another fun fact I was looking for. Oh, and no one apparently can agree what year this movie takes place in. It says it's 300 the 23rd years. century and it said 300 years. So I'm assuming that it's um, like it was 1914 when they came down. It said 300 years later, and it literally says 300 years later. So I'm yeah. assuming that what, like 20, it's 2314. Well, that's according to mentalfloss.com. Fun facts about this movie. Apparently, the first scene is explicitly said in 1914. After, everything after that says 300 years later. Corbin Dallas's alarm clock says year 2263. Notes on the 1997 DVD edition say 2257, and Benson says 2259 in his story, The Story of the Fifth Element, in his book, The Story of the Fifth Element. So no so one. Benson okay. is a director and writer. So no one is 100% sure when this movie takes place, but it's we could all agree it was late 2250, 2260 something. 
Okay. So you were close. You were close. Because I would assume, um, like it said, 300 years later, but I guess apparently even the director and the people making the film don't even have a correct date. Don't have, yeah. So apparently don't have it. Um, so also, I was a little wrong. Jean Paul Gaultier didn't just design that dress in the movie, he designed all all thousand plus futuristic costumes in the movies um hmm. and for crowd scenes where there might have been hundreds of extras wearing his costumes he'd go around making adjustments to ensure everyone looked right before the cameras rolled so attention to detail he definitely had it um so those are some fun facts about this movie oh and that apparently um gary oldman isn't a fan of it so, oh, he I doesn't like this movie. I guess not. I don't know. I, I, oh, you know, every act, every every actor, actor has, has that. It's like Robert that Pattinson one movie, Twilight. <laughs> like that, he hates that movie. I. Do you know what though? In his defense, that movie was pretty terrible. And I a lot like of people... it for sentimental reasons only. I will never say that it's good <laughs> cinema. But it is good teen drama. So I would say great teen drama. Kristen Stewart did a bang up job putting character in a character in a characterless character. Exactly. If that makes any sense. She did great on that. But that's um, all. He did great playing a stocky vampy vampire. Um, you know, the teenage morose uh moroseness. He did great with that. But everyone has that every actor, I think, has that one movie. They just don't like. Yeah. And, you know, it's... I feel everyone's like... Everyone's allowed that. <laughs> I just I just read this, too. Um, The director, Besson, I think that's how you say it, or Besson, uh-huh. he and his wife divorced because of this movie. He apparently, during the shooting of the film, him and Mila Jovovich um, mm-hmm. began dating. And then him and his wife divorced in 1997 because of it. Um. Uh, yeah, so and then him, have an oh, and then he actually marries Mila in 1997, and then they divorced two years later. So apparently he had an affair with her. But the funny thing is that his wife played the diva, the opera singer, the blue lady. So it's kind of funny because she was in the movie, and she's seeing his wife and the main lead basically like fall in love, and then but hey, karma divorced two years later. So yeah, yeah, I guess they, I mean. Uh, so how you pronounce this is Jovovich. She is apparently Ukrainian. Oh, okay, Jovovich. She was born in Kiev. Ah, oh, so. well, good job for her. So that, um, oh, did you know that um, was it called? Uh, Prince was actually supposed to play uh, Ruby Rod. No. I yeah. get it. I feel like it would be a very different movie, though. I feel like Prince doesn't do zany. He's very, like... He has a very classy, like, tone to himself, like, whenever I see him and, like, like stuff. So he's never done zany. So I feel like it wouldn't have done Ruby Rod good. I feel like Chris Tucker really did that, like, extra personality, very extravagant personality really well in this movie. I could not see anyone... Like, literally... Chris, uh, like R- Ruby Rod, is probably one of my favorite like '90s characters in a movie. I wish that they did like a, a spinoff just of him because his character <laughs> really, he really did like. 
I don't know if you watched that part of the movie, but it was just hilarious. I was getting to it. I feel like if you could finish the movie, because like his parts in the movie are the best. Oh, I'm planning on it. I was gonna. I'm absolutely liking this movie. Um, No, it was. uh, I was getting to it, and the little bit I had seen at the end. It was very clear. Gorgeous dress, great character, love the drama. Mm-hmm. So, and I love how, you know, at the very end, um, the young priest that was helping the head yeah. priest, um, he like clapped his hands or something, you know, at the very end. And Ruby Rod's like, don't you go be scaring me or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I love that. Just because here's this movie guy. It's so good. It's, you know, it's like, here's this guy with bright li- red lipstick, this gorgeous dress, and he's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Holding but, this, it looked like a lightsaber. I just found out why um, Gary Oldman doesn't like this movie. He never read the script, and he was only doing this film because um, it was a favor to his friend. And during an interview, he was like, uh, someone asked him, like, do you realize that this is a cult class? And he's like, I know that's the um, that's the wet, wacky world we live in. But he like hates this movie. He he literally just did it for a favor um, for a friend. That's why. So read the scripts next time. OK, always read the fine print because you're going to end up hating it. But <laughs> no, no, I, I really wish that they. um they added more of Ruby Rod into other movies because that would have been amazing. Oh, the divine language is actually a fictional language of 400 words. So you could learn how to speak the divine language if you really love this movie. I learned that actually because apparently Ben, our friend Ben, uh, knows the divine language. He knows the (laughs) divine language? Oh. He learned it because as I was watching the movie, he like started quoting things and like that uh, Mila's character was saying, and I'm over here like, you know, this is like, of course I know it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, just like some people, you know, memorize Elvish or whatever from Lord of the Rings. Oh, so yeah. he I, learned. I just feel like this movies. I, I wouldn't think this movie someone would actually learn the language um oh and by the way mila did end up wearing a wig so it wasn't really shitty wig i i i feel like they did this actress really badly with how she looked with the wig she was supposed to be this perfect human being and the gore amazing everyone's always in awe when they see her right like in the beginning of the movie but like i looked at uh-huh. her and I'm like dude she's like she looks really rough <laughs> like they did yeah that dirty. was my first that was my first thought i'm like they couldn't they have hired like a really good hairdresser and she herself is naturally really beautiful yeah so it's like they you couldn't have hired store. it's like was there not a woman consulted in this entire movie about makeup and hair because even if you wanted her to wear a wig have her wear one with, you know, like some balayage or some dark hair, red, whatever hair color you want. Yeah. Have her, you know, you really want to be a stunner. Blonde's always been kind of like the color that pe- women seek out. Red or blonde hair is like the color every woman wants historically. So it's like if you really wanted to do that, fine, do that. But that wig was just doing no one any favors whatsoever wig and the bangs on the wig 
whoever cut those bangs didn't know how to cut bangs. That's no, I, I definitely think that this was bangs are hard. This is the male gaze, I feel like, because I don't understand why. Even the male gaze, I've asked, like, I could ask Chris right now how he feels about the wig, and he'd be like, I don't get it. It, it just doesn't <laughs> make any sense. It, it, they kind of gloss over. So, I feel like the guys who watch the movie kind of gloss over the wig and the elements that, like, we as women would pick apart. Yeah. And would notice the details of, and they're just like, yeah, she's the perfect woman. Okay. And they just move on. Yep. They, like it's not as complicated to them as it is to us yeah because we're just like why would they choose that and why is this and that because it's like it's for- a why are her nails done and who thought about squishing her boobs in those horrible straps like you know like but- what was the thinking with her costume i know but then again they're they just yeah she's the perfect woman in this movie okay they don't care about anything else <laughs> they're, they're done that's all the information they need to know. They move on to the next thing and they keep on going. Exactly. But it was really funny. You know, the perfect woman ha- ends up probably having some imperfect children with her rather imperfect human hey. <laughs> partner. Aliens don't mix with humans that well. Okay, so since we kind of mixed in fun facts, we don't really have to do a yes. fun facts segment. So yeah. do you want to just do our ratings? Let's do our ratings. What would you rate this as? I personally really like this movie. I think it's the comedy is really great in it. The the time, like obviously it's set in the future, but it's very nineties reminiscent. And I feel like you can always really watch this movie and have like a laugh with it. Um, it's never like something that like I, I at least I've never met someone that didn't like this movie. So I personally say that it uh for me, I'm gonna give it like an eight, um, maybe even a nine, but I feel like I, I'm going to stick with an eight because I truly do like this movie a lot. It, it is one of my favorite ones and I've watched it multiple times. I would give this like an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the movie is great. And I obviously, and I agree with you. It's very nineties reminiscent, but also kind of, the story itself kind of test, stands the test of time. And I definitely think it did in that nine years reminiscent too. I think it captured, you know, the stories and the costuming and everything else that was going around in the nineties. Yeah. So like apparently the director, which is that movie had taken a little bit longer to shoot because they shot the movie right before all of the new sci special effects came out. Yeah around that era so i can understand that but also i feel like it really encapsulated a very specific time period i feel and like if you really this... need the... sorry mm-hmm. no keep going i was gonna just uh that i feel like if you really wanted to show someone a quintess a really good quintessentially 90s movie i feel like this would definitely do the trick no this is like the perfect 90s movie i agree with you i definitely think that um because i think you mentioned like redoing this movie i feel like if they can remake like the Maverick and all these other dumb movies, I feel like this movie should also be remade because I I believe that this movie would be amazing with our special effects nowadays. Like it would be wow. Like so, I, I think know. so too. And a slightly better wig. Uh huh. hundred <laughs> better wig. That's all we can request is a better Lace wig. Front glued down. It's gonna look amazing. <laughs> but no. All right then. So I guess classics. Yeah. You want to do classics then? Yeah, what's are we doing our cult classic or are we doing our classic classic definition? 
Um, Which one is this supposed to be? Well, technically, we didn't watch it for it to be a classic, like a cult classic. So, but I think that for me personally, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I feel like it is a cult classic in the fact that like it, it it's such a niche movie and a lot of people kind of got ner- like nerded out on it. But I also mm-hmm. think it's a classic as well because even if you're not like a nerdy person, you can still enjoy it. And it's, I don't know, I just feel like it's just a good movie in general. I feel like it fits in everything, cult classic, classic. Even if you really wanted to stretch it, you could even say it's a really bad classic movie too. I don't know, but I I just think it's a good movie. <laughs> I think it's everything for me. I I, think I could see it classic. fitting in the really bad classic movies. Yeah, like, it's mostly because of the special effects. Yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, it's twenty twenty two, and if and I feel like we're nowhere near, um any sort of flying cars or anything like that. Well, funny, McDonald's still existed at that time. Yeah, but they're um, sexy McDonald's, okay? It's different. You know what? Currently, McDonald's is depressed, so maybe that is the next step. Right? Because, you know, every time you see a McDonald's building today, it looks depressed I and know. sad um, right. with its great exterior and interiors. But I think... I definitely would agree with you. I think it's more of a cult classic, but I definitely think it should also it would definitely fit in the, at least loosely in the definition of a classic movie mm-hmm. because I definitely think even people who don't like science fiction films would like would this. find would find something to like about this movie because again, it's got elements of pretty much everything and it really sort of does encapsulate that time period but also it's a really good story it really is. even if you just take out the science fiction elements or you take out the sci-fi elements and i mean i did hear i when i was looking at fun facts i did like see something about them potentially being talked about a sequel or a remake of it and i think that would be very very interesting um what i would love to know and i might look it up is if this movie was done before or after Die Hard because um, let me look and the reason I'm asking is because um, it was after Die Hard which makes sense because um, Bruce Willis before Die Hard was not considered a action movie actor he would apparently only done like funny TV stuff so and I found this out from um, the movies that made us Netflix show. Oh, um, yeah, it, it's it's a great documentary to get Alita to sleep. <laughs> Not gonna <laughs> lie, I learned something new. She goes to sleep well, um, but apparently that was the movie, and that's why I'm like, this looks like a movie that would have been done after Die Hard because all of a sudden he's this big action star. Hundred percent. So I it that definitely fit into that but yeah good movie good movie yeah. overall all right then then i guess we'll see each other next weekend um yes and do our month stuff so that's right, good then. i'll talk to you Bye-bye. later Bye-bye. You too. bye 
hey guys thank you for listening to the episode i just wanted to remind you guys that we post every sunday so i hope to see you guys next weekend thank you bye